Are you that weirdo that appreciates a good historical haunting? Well, then this is the podcast for you. Welcome to Happy Hour Gets Weird. Hello! <laughs> I don't know why I did a Mrs. Doubtfire right um, there, but I had to. That is... Uh, hey, you know what I was thinking about Mrs. Doubtfire, which I do love that movie, but... Um, you know how Robin Williams went through like all these hoops to dress up as an old lady to be around his kids? Why wouldn't he just be around his kids as himself? Because um, his wife didn't trust him to babysit the kids because he also brought an entire petting zoo into their living room. <laughs> That's right. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. So uh, welcome or welcome back. I'm Cassie. And I'm Tiffany. And this is Happy Hour Gets Weird. And that intro had nothing to do with our episode today. Nothing whatsoever. <laughs> Um, but before we get started, let's talk about what we're drinking this episode. And this also has nothing to do with what we're talking about today. <laughs> um, it's actually World Bee Day today. So in honor of honeybees and saving the bees, I made a spicy bee's knees, which is absolutely delicious, super simple. It's gin, lemon juice, and honey, the traditional bee's knees. But I used hot honey, which is chili-infused honey, and I actually use a little bit of blackberry honey. Delicious. Yes, it's so good. Is it just me, or as I get older, I feel like every single thing I eat has to have spice in it? Pepper flakes, hot honey, hot sauce. I don't know what my problem is. I don't think it's a problem. I think that you are on the right track and you're doing it right because I am the same way. I actually have little packets of Tapatio in my purse um, for <laughs> emergency. In the first aid kit, you have Band-Aids for the kids, <laughs> hot sauce for the mama. Yes, I'm like the dad in... Um, my big fat Greek wedding where he squirts uh, Windex on everything. I just (laughs) squirt hot sauce on it. Um, I I feel the need to have everything spicy. I think we just, maybe we're dead inside and we just need to feel something to feel alive. Maybe that's. I totally agree. And once you go spicy margarita, you never go back. Mm -mm. But also you kind of had a great segue that I just ruined with that. Because speaking of dead inside. (laughs) Yes. And today's topic is actually an idea that was emailed to us by Kaylee. Thank you so much, Kaylee, for sending us some really great ideas. We enjoyed researching these today and it was so much fun and we loved your ideas. So thank you so much for emailing us and cheers to you. Yes. Cheers to you. Keep those ideas and emails coming. We love it. Yes. All right. So speaking of dead inside... We're not talking, we, well, we kind of are talking about people who are dead inside, but we're actually talking about people that were alive that are now dead that have been seen after the fact. That was a really long, drawn out way to say we're talking about fucking ghosts. <laughs> the, the longest, you know what? As you said to me before, I love a scenic route. <laughs> so we are talking about some very historical hauntings. Yes. Specifically, the White House. <laughs> in the United yes. States, our our nation's capital, we are talking hauntings of the White House, in the White House. So, and this was a very specific topic that Kaylee sent us, White House hauntings. And when we saw it, we were like, that's it. I'm so in. be it. I love a scared politician. <laughs> um, before we start, do you want me to say my sources now? Yeah, go ahead. 
So I had an article from the Washington Examiner called Harry Truman's Haunted White House. Very on the nose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a Washington Post article called Is the White House Haunted? A History of Spooked Presidents, Prime, Min- Prime Ministers, and Pets. And a History.com article called Ghosts in the White House. Oh, and Wikipedia. Yes. And and we will list these as well as a couple of other sources on our show notes as always. Yes. All right. My dear, I think you're up first. Because we're kind of doing these in, in order, which, not going to lie, we had to figure out because we do not know the order of presidents. <laughs> no, I feel like. I got a doctor, I got a job at a doctor's office in my teens and chronological, I guess is doing with time, but alphabetical order. I, my job was to file and apparently I misfiled. Um, and you know, if you're at a big doctor's office and you look for a certain file and it's not where it's supposed to be, it's pretty much lost forever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, wasn't my best job review I've had. So orders are not your strong suit? No. That's okay. Drink orders are. Yes. <laughs> Food orders. <laughs> Food orders. Okay. My first story begins with the second president, John Adams. And he was president from 1797 to 1801. News to me. <laughs> um, actually, this story is about his wife, Abigail Adams. Abigail Adams was an advisor to her husband, which I thought was a cool note, especially mm-hmm. during this time, right? Mm-hmm. And she was also the mother of John Quincy Adams, who was the sixth president. We're learning so much here. <laughs> and it, that's also pretty cool because our trivia for the day, which we always love to throw out trivia that you will never use most likely. But trivia, um, Abigail Adams and Barbara Bush are the only two women to have been married to one U.S. president and the mother of another. If you weren't closely paying attention, that could be a little sound on the verge of incestuous, but I was paying attention, so it sounds normal to me, but. No, they were married to one president, and then they gave birth to another president. Oh, okay. Maybe I wasn't paying attention. I don't think you, I don't, (laughs) I don't think you're paying attention at all, actually. Uh, uh, Thanks for that fun fact, Wikipedia, and thank you, Cassie, for kind of Ruining the moment. (laughs) Being a creep per usual. (laughs) it's because we just talked about flowers in the attic Mm -hmm. it's fucking ruined us okay so on to the ghost story abigail adams died in her home on october 28 1818 of typhoid fever which kind of reminds me of oregon trail yes she is buried in a crypt in massachusetts Ooh, i love that um but that is not where her spirit has remained (laughs) was that good yes that that was great okay the story goes that when the adams family lived in the white house abigail would always hang her wash in a specific room called the east room because it was the warmest and driest room in the house um so in the early days of washington it was like swamp they were it was along a river and it was a lot of swampy land I'm so there's actually a lot of that. moisture, yeah. Because I, I read that too, and I, I was like, I wonder if we're going to have to explain the wet rooms and the dry rooms. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's 
crazy to think about how underdeveloped everything was not that long ago in very, uh, you know, well-established places now. But yeah, I guess it was very swampy. So the East Room was the warmest and driest room, and that is where she would always hang her laundry, which is also a nice idea that she did her own laundry. So, uh, unfortunately, this is what her ghost has been seeing doing in the afterlife. Oh. Just just laundry for all of eternity. <laughs> well, you know what? We can count on Abigail to keep it humble before and after death. She's keeping it real. You're right. Dressed in a nightcap and a white lacy shawl, the former first lady is seen walking towards the east room, arms outstretched as if carrying a fresh load of laundry. <gasps> Ooh. And if I have to spend my afterlife in the same way, I will wreak havoc on you all. Just a heads up. That sounds like the seventh circle of hell. I know. What did she do in her life where she has to spend the afterlife in, in a nightcap doing laundry, washing underwear? I was just going to say, Abby, she must have been very naughty. <laughs> is that what purgatory is? Yes. <laughs> but I guess several people have seen her. It's She's definitely one of the more well-known hauntings in the White House. Yikes. I don't know. I don't really, you know, everybody who's ever listened to like any chunk of our shows would know I do not like spooky ghosts I think that's more of a residual than an intelligent haunting mm. though that's okay. how I would that was that's what I would think I mean mm-hmm. I would hope I would hope it does sound like a residual like the same place same position same clothing oh, god my residual haunting would be me, would be me pouring coffee <laughs> In the morning, just a single tear rolling down my cheek because I'm so fucking exhausted. Just every day. Every day. Mine would, my, my residual would just be me walking in like a non-uniform pattern, like from my kitchen to my room to my laundry room, just keep remembering things and then forgetting them instantly. So I'd just be like, it would be like a ghostly hamster wheel of a... Never getting anything done. It would be very chaotic. And it wouldn't be scary. It would just be very distracting for the new owners. <laughs> Please relax. Please relax, Ghost of Cassie. <laughs> okay. So I'm coming at you with a haunting from a 1913. And I'm also going to talk about a former first lady. Ooh, nice. So first lady Dolly Madison is said to haunt the White House Rose Gardens. Beautiful. Wife to the fourth president of the United States, James Madison, he served two terms from 1809 to 1817. Dolly Madison is remembered for inviting both political parties to social events at the White House. She seemed to be the first one encouraging a bipartisan government. See, before Dolly, presidents would only meet with one party at a time because politics was violent and the parties would often argue, physically fight each other, and even duel to the death. I'm so glad it's not like that anymore. (laughs) I was going to say the opposite. Can we bring back dueling to the death between politicians? Please. All of them right now, duel to the death. Please. (laughs) Let's pass a bill that if you're stupid and in politics, you have to duel an even stupider person. I think you should have to duel to even be in politics. Well, 
this is might be more controversial than the put Coke back in Coke <laughs> uh, campaign that we're trying to start here. I, hey, I didn't think that was controversial. <laughs> um, a new um, qualification. You must survive a duel to the death in order to serve in politics. <laughs> so Dolly is credited for populi- popularizing ice cream. I love her so much. Well, we'll see. Oh, okay. um, and she was also known for wearing low-cut dresses. Oh. oh. <laughs> Dolly is also remembered for saving the famous classic painting of George Washington. When the White House was set ablaze by the British in 1814 during the War of 1812, uh she was credited in saving it. However, U.S. history has a funny way of leaving out people of color and minorities because what actually happened was Mrs. Madison did have a hand in saving the painting. However, it was actually her personal servant, an enslaved man by the name of Paul Jennings, who she ordered to go back into the White House on fire and save the painting, which he did. Okay, I don't think that makes her the hero of the story. Absolutely not. Paul Jennings, um, 100%. Uh, okay. Um, so Paul Jennings, I said Jenkins, excuse me. Paul Jennings then went later in his life, once he was free from enslavement, went on to write the very first ever White House memoir. Oh, wow. Yeah. Incredible person. Yes, I thought that was kind of cool. And the actual hero in the saving of the painting? Definitely. All right, so let's get to why we're really here today. Dolly Madison loved her rose gardens at the White House. Interestingly, she didn't garden in the rose gardens. Gardening was considered more of a man's hobby at the time. Hmm. And fun fact, her husband, President Madison, was the first president to start his own vegetable garden. Fascinating. Yes. Nevertheless, during the Woodrow administration... In 1913, First Lady Ellen Wilson ordered the beautiful rose gardens to be dug up. But every time the gardeners went in the rose garden to dig it, it is said that an angry apparition of First Lady Dolly Madison would appear and scare them away. And for months, this went on until finally no one was willing to dig up the rose garden. And to this very day, the gardens remain where they were. Well, that's fantastic. I just picture her coming at them with cleavage from her low-cut dress. (laughs) Um, Speaking of Dolly, Mm -hmm. I just shared this on our Twitter, but we had just spoke about the comeback of the Mexican pizza on the last episode. yes. And guess who tweeted about it? Dolly Parton. Oh, she's an angel. Also known for wearing low-cut shirts. But I, I don't know. I don't want to equate Dolly Madison with Dolly Parton because Dolly Parton, I mean, come on. Out of an angel on earth. Yes. Yeah. She's she's leagues above Dolly Madison. But Obviously. I will say one sweet one sweet thing that I'll leave you with about Dolly Madison in the White House is people say that sometimes you get a whiff of roses wandering around the White House, and they attribute this to the ghost of First Lady Dolly Madison. 
All right, now we're gonna stay along the same time period as far as when the haunting might have began or what led to the haunting, and then when it was actually realized to be haunted. So I mentioned the War of 1812 before. So during the same time as the Madison administration was the War of 1812. And this is where European settlers in America joined forces with indigenous peoples and they fought against the British. So in 1814, the White House was set on fire by royal troops. And it is said that one royal soldier died while setting the blaze. And he haunts the White House and continues to try to burn it down from beyond the grave. So during the Hoover administration in 1929 on Christmas Eve, an aide smelled smoke coming from the West Wing. While hosting a Christmas party for the children of White House staff members, Ike Hoover ran to get the president and whispered in his ear, the Oval Office was on fire. Get your secretaries from the party. The president, his son, and his secretaries ran to the Oval Office, crawled inside through a window, and began taking filing cabinets, cabinets, desk drawers, and the presidential flag among anything they could salvage before the four-alarm fire grew too big. So scary. I know. By 10.30 p.m., 19 firefighters had put the blaze out. Nobody suspected that it might be the ghostly royal soldier trying to finish the job he'd started so long ago. Officially, it was listed as a clogged fireplace flu, but officially the U.S. government says aliens don't exist, so I'd take that official record with a grain of salt. Nobody thought the fire of 1929 was suspicious, or ghostly, I should say, until the Truman era in 1945, when reportedly a White House staff member, upon hearing strange thumps, walked in on an apparition that looked a lot like a royal British shoulder, (laughs) a royal British soldier trying to set a bed on fire. (gasps) Yeah. Once startled, the royal soldier evaporated into thin air before the fire could take hold. Ooh, spooky. I know, it's a pyromaniac ghost. Like, not the best kind of ghost, but still pretty cool. So scary. I know. And people are always saying, don't worry, it can't hurt you. Well. Unless it can set your house on fire. Yes. Now, I thought a a cute little fact about this story is the kids, um, President, the First Lady um, Woodrow, or First Lady Wilson, um, she stayed in the party with the children. And the children had no idea the West Wing was on fire. And then it said the next year that any child that was at that party, um, the Wilsons sent them fire trucks as Christmas presents. Oh, that is cute. Yeah. And also to live in a house so big that half of it's on fire, nobody notices. No idea. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's amazing. That's a good one. That... It, it does definitely add a level of danger when you mm-hmm. think that a ghost can actively, you know, manipulate or control its environment like that. Yeah. Freaky. I'm actually picking up, I'm kind of overlapping you because my next one is about Harry Truman. Ooh. I feel like the White House was super active when he was there. 
in my research, I found that a lot of the stuff came from the, uh, around the Truman time. Yeah. Maybe he was extra sensitive to it. I don't know. Okay. So Harry Truman was the 33rd president from 1945 to 1953. And like I just sort of hinted at, he seemed keenly aware of how haunted the White House was. He spoke of it several times in letters written to his wife, which I found fascinating. Our favorite word on this show. Fascinating. (laughs) So his wife, Bess, and daughter, Margaret, didn't really care for Washington, so they spent their summers at their home in Independence, Missouri, which meant Truman was alone in this house, aside from staff, obviously. Well, kind of alone. (laughs) And I was reading all the... all this shit going down during this time and it reminded me of that scene in Dumb and Dumber when he's like we've got no foods we've got no jobs our pets heads are falling off (laughs) but for Truman it was like I've got this war we're making the atomic bomb and now there's ghosts in the hallway of the White House it's like (laughs) can I catch a fucking break so in one letter to Bess Truman his wife he wrote quote I sit here in this old house and work on foreign affairs, read reports, and work on speeches, all the while listening to the ghosts walk up and down the hallway and even right here in the study. The floors pop and the drapes move back and forth. The following year, Truman had another spirited visitor. And this one is a little bit more aggressive. Not fire starter level aggressive, but... okay. At 4 a.m., the president said he heard three distinct knocks on his bedroom door. So he got up, put on a robe, and answered the door. But when he opened the door, he was greeted only by darkness. No one stood in the hallway. (gasps) Then he heard footsteps coming from Margaret's bedroom. So Truman went to her room to see who was there. But again... He only saw the darkness of an empty room. (gasps) After this incident, Truman wrote to his wife saying, quote, this damned place is haunted. Sure as shooting. Sure as shooting. (laughs) In 1948, Truman was reelected. The noises in the house got so bad. He spoke with an architect to explain that all of the worsening pops and creaks were because the White House was actually in terrible condition and basically slow motion falling down around him. (laughs) So the house was remodeled. That was like the gist of what they were saying. They're like, this is an old mansion built on swamp land. Like they had to immediately move out when he got reelected because they said it was like not safe for them to live there. Right. And okay, so that is totally right. Because when they saw the ghost trying to set a bed on fire, they said it was after the Truman remodels. Yeah. Well, okay. So that's funny. So the house that like perfectly plays into what I was saying. So the house was remodeled during the Truman administration and the family stayed at the Blair house nearby. The remodel was finished in 52. But as you were saying, the hauntings continued long after the remodel. Mm -hmm. So although you can blame pops and creaks and weird things on, you know, an old house settling, Mm -hmm. you definitely can't explain a full bodied apparition catching a bed on fire. No. Or uh, several other stories, including the one that I'm going to tell at the end, that they can definitely not be um, blamed on a dilapidating, dilapidated mansion. But 
the Truman administration seemed to have a lot of good stories. And you can find all of his letters, copies of his letters, um, and then the transcripts of his letters, which was really kind of interesting to read, too. There was so much going on during this time, obviously, but he still took the time to mention. Haunting. How freaked out he was alone <laughs> in the White House. <laughs> uh, you know, another thing about the uh, White House that I found interesting is when I was researching um, the fire of 1929, the White after the West Wing pretty much burnt down, the, the White House wasn't insured. Oh, that's funny. I yeah. guess they're like, we we own everything. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. So Congress passed a bill allotting money for the rebuilding of the West Wing. I feel like the White House was really bad for a long time. I, I, it was, I, I would say paper mache and hot glue guns <laughs> on top of a swamp. It doesn't sound like a recipe for like centuries and <laughs> centuries standing. Yeah, I think that they were in a real big rush. <laughs> okay so this is my final story and i this is the funniest one in my opinion it's kind of light and silly and i wanted to end on this one so lincoln abraham lincoln president abraham lincoln heard of him has to be the most talked about and seen ghost of all time he's seen drifting the hallways even sometimes wearing his signature top hat and sometimes in his favorite rooms staring out the window across the White House grounds towards Virginia. And these are two of my favorite incidents with former President Lincoln. In 1942, Queen Wilhelmina of the Netherlands was getting ready to retire for the night when she heard a knock on her door. She got up answered the door, and there, standing before her, was the full-on fucking ghost of Abraham Lincoln, complete with his top hat. Her Royal Highness, Queen Wilhelmina, was so freaked out, she fainted right then and there. Amazing. Yes. So good. And then, this brings us to another foreign diplomat, diplomat, After World War II, Winston Churchill, the British Prime Minister, was staying at the White House, specifically a room the late President Abraham Lincoln had an affinity for. Churchill loves to unwind at the end of the day in a long, hot bath. I don't know why it has to be long. I don't know why I wrote that. A hot (laughs) take by taking a long, hot bath (laughs) with a glass of scotch and a fresh cigar. This particular evening, Winston Churchill had just gotten out of the bath when he rounded the corner from the bathroom to the adjoining bedroom, only to see a ghostly Abraham Lincoln casually leaning against the mantle above the fireplace. (laughs) He didn't quite react the same way as the Queen of the Netherlands. He was known for his quick wit, so he simply removed the cigar from his lip, tipped the ashes to the floor, and said, Good evening, Mr. President. You seem to have me at a disadvantage. (laughs) (laughs) According to the story, President Lincoln smiled as if laughing softly and then disappeared. He must have liked what he saw. (laughs) (laughs) 
That is my favorite story, and I'm so happy that you told it. I wish somebody would just make a cartoon of naked Winston Churchill with just a cigar talking to the ghost of Abraham Lincoln, or as I like to call him, Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> Showing. Um, and there has to be a tiny pile of ashes on the floor next to him. Yes. Yes. The cigar can be held in just a way to cover his penis so that yes. the cartoon is, you know, G-rated, I guess. Uh, that. That story is fantastic, and I hope that if I am ever in the presence of a full-bodied apparition of the best-known uh, president that we've ever had, I hope that I have at least half that wit, half the jokes. I mean, I know. that is all that I want in this life. <laughs> and then, so, so what? So the next day over breakfast, he must have told everybody, you'll never believe what happened to me. You guys, you'll never guess. Abraham Lincoln saw my dick. <laughs> So I'm standing there butt-ass naked smoking my cigar, right? <laughs> and who do I see? A cool as a cucumber, casually leaning against the mantle, just giving me a once-over. <laughs> he gave me a wink and faded off into the night. Do you think Do you think Winston Churchill gave him the old helicopter? <laughs> <laughs> he left that part out of the breakfast table story. He did. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so I have one more story that proves, as we said, that not everything can be so easily explained as, you know, sounds from an old house. So during the uh, George W. Bush administration, which was 2001 to 2009, uh, a more entertaining spirit liked to make their presence known. Mm. The daughter of the president, Jenna Bush, heard... 1920s music coming from the fireplace in her bedroom. Dun, 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 dun. I don't know. <laughs> no, do like Britney Spears. <laughs> womanizer, womanizer, womanizer. <laughs> 1920s music is scary. If it was music from when we were growing up, it would be like... <laughs> Am I sexual? <laughs> yeah. Am I everything you need? Okay. Frightening. So Jenna, obviously being freaked out, she ran and got her sister Barbara. And Barbara was like not buying it. So that night, the two slept in the room together. And sure enough, the haunting music of the 20s drifted through the dark room that very night. <gasps> So in the morning, the girls spoke with White House staff, and they confirmed that haunting music was often heard from this bedroom. It was just oh. another of the well-known hauntings that had taken place over the years in the White House. Just another layer to the many different types of uh, ghostly experiences. Oh, my goodness. And what was interesting when we were going through, like, these – accounts and in stories it's it seems that some administrations like you said before experienced more paranormal activity than others and i'm wondering if like you said they were just more open or they were just um were closer to like that ability they had they had a deeper ability than other administrations so i i, I think that's so cool yeah or maybe just the having a fuller house or maybe mm -hmm. having a um more of like a tumultuous uh time mm -hmm. 
in our nation, Mm -hmm. maybe that kind of stuff would kind of stir up ghosts. Because I did read specifically with Lincoln that whenever the country seemed to be particularly in turmoil, Mm -hmm. he was seen walking the halls and things like that. Like Lincoln would show up when things were particularly shitty. So he must be around a lot. Um, Well, he's definitely been (laughs) around quite a bit. No sleep. No sleep for poor (laughs) Abraham Lincoln. Give this guy a break. What's worse, laundry forever or pacing the halls because you're so stressed out forever? Oh my gosh, neither. I would, I, I, I don't want either one of them. Yeah. Well, I guess that wraps up our haunting stories. These were fun. Yeah, they were short and sweet. Oh my gosh, what a great topic. This was so fun. I want to do a haunted White House tour. Yes. I wonder Does if it they exist? do those. I don't know <laughs> if they do those, but I bet you if we went to DC, we could get a tour of haunted DC and they would probably stop at the White House out in front. Oh, probably for sure. I think it would just depend because if it was Mary Todd era, we could legit go to a seance at the White House. Oh, yes. Uh, we talked about that during our spiritualism episode, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mary Todd, Abraham Lincoln's wife, was really into spiritualism and the occult. And they actually had a son, Willie, who passed away when he was 12. And um, she held seances um, to try to connect with him from beyond. Yeah. And I mean, even stuff like that, I wonder if, you know, doing things like that might have opened the door Mm -hmm. a little bit more in this place. Yeah. I wonder how many kids of presidents have tried a Ouija board while they lived there in the White House. Probably a lot of them. I mean, I tried a Ouija board and I didn't even live in the White House. (laughs) I did too and it scared the shit out of me and I'll never do it again. (laughs) Uh, Agreed. Um, Well, I mean, maybe it's somebody else's house. Yeah, not my house, for sure. It's someone, I was like, well, you know, they're kind of an asshole. They deserve to be haunted. So let's bust out the Ouija board. Okay, but I just wanted to end this episode. I have one question to ask you. Okay. Would you have sex with a ghost? Depends on the ghost. Oh, okay. Because I was thinking, you know that saying, curiosity killed the cat? But satisfaction brought him back. Yes, of course. And that's why I would absolutely have sex with a ghost. (laughs) I'm so happy that we ended this on such a serious note. (laughs) Well, you know me. I'm all all, um, business. All business. These historical episodes, we really get deep. (laughs) Yes, we do. Um, Okay, on that note. Thank you so much for listening. This was a fun episode. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. And don't forget, love yourself, lock your doors, and listen to your gut. Cheers to that. Cheers to that. <laughs>